4: So I heard
1: from heard? a player that played with him, and a guy that has played with Daniel Jones, and he says Daniel Jones is way more accurate than him. And the thing is, that dude you're talking about, you shouldn't even talk to him no more about no sports. I, I, that should be a last conversation. Should, you should go to something like so? Where you eat? Where, the good? You just said accuracy, pure accuracy. Does he play in New York right now? No. Or is he? Where's he live at? I don't know. I'm the, not throwing this guy. No, no, out no, no, you. no. I'm just saying. <laughs> the next question should have been. So what are you eating? We eating tonight for, lunch, for dinner.
3: What do you What
1: you want to like, After he said that, it's
5: true, no more football comments. Lashawn McCoy there with Julian Edelman. Somebody told Edelman that Daniel Jones is more accurate than Josh Allen, and that's that's McCoy's response. Now Josh did some internet sleuthing, or what? Like just piecing it together. Who has played with both of them? And it's what Cole Beasley. Who else? Isaiah Hodgins. Okay.
3: And-
6: Jamison Crowder, is that it? I think so. That's all I could find. I, I I haven't seen any more, but I mean, you never know. It maybe it's not a
5: receiver, but okay. I feel like it would be a receiver. Is there a running back? Is there? Who could have said it? It's not going to be Beasley. Beasley would not say that. No, no, because like I mean, Beasley's some of his best years were here with right. Allen throwing to him. Would it be Hodgins or Crowder? Did Crowder catch a pass? With the Bills. <laughs> Jamison Crowder, that was an idea that never got off the ground. That was another, by the way, a former, hey, instead of drafting a wide receiver, let's just bring in Jamison Crowder. He got hurt, never actually happened. Nothing ever really went for him. He he had been good in his career, but that's, you know, bringing in a 28 year old receiver. He caught six balls for 60 yards with the Bills. Didn't work. And he was out of the league after last year. Well, no, he played last year with Washington. 16 catches he'd been a decent guy cheap hired gun didn't work out Crowder or Hodgins I don't know (laughs) I like McCoy's response never listen to that person ever again about football 8030550 Jeremy White with you Joe's out today uh got a Twitter poll up we're gonna get to better to forget it or sorry not a Twitter poll up but a question off of yesterday's poll, which was the wide receiver idea of the day, was Marvin Harrison Jr. Give it all up for Marvin Harrison Jr. And 40% said they would do that. And I think that is what that really is, is a lot of fans saying, like, listen, I, I'm all I care about is that they get this weapon, that they add this weapon to their offense. This has to happen. You know, are there other ideas those 40% would sign up for? Yes, of course. But I think it indicates how. Desperate or eager, a lot of us are to see the Bills add a wide receiver. So, I've been asking, you know, what's your favorite wide receiver idea is at the moment? Brian Thomas Jr. to me seems like the. Here, Troy Franklin, those two guys seem like the the fourth or fifth receiver that will go after the big three. The big three go in the top ten, and in a lot of mock drafts, you will see a little bit of a gap, maybe between ten and seventeen. You push it, and then maybe you're in striking range for the Bills if they need to move up for one of those guys. So whether it's Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU, Troy Franklin out of Oregon, uh, there are ideas. Maybe you like a second-round receiver. There's, There's plenty in the second round that would be good ideas to me. So I'm not limited to the first. The higher the investment, the more excited I am about it because of what it would say about the Bills. They want to return to a dynamic passing offense that they have been rather than let it drift like they have. So... I, I, I'm i eager to see their level of investment. Our last caller, last segment said, you know, he's a little worried the Bills will wait to the third or the fourth round. And that might end up being the best pick. Like, you could get the best receiver in the draft in the third round. It has happened before. The problem is, I shouldn't say the problem. We, we'd have to wait and see. My concern would be, I would have to confront the fact that maybe they're not as invested in, as they should be. They've They've been inadequately invested for three years now. And it's more than time to get two, probably. So, you know, we've been through this before. Anyway, it's February 21st. Your favorite idea in this department is uh, more than welcome. 803-0550. I owe you a stat of the day. We'll do that real quick. Stat of the day. Brought to you by Seneca Gaming in Irving. Home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. So, stat of the day is a golf stat. And I've got a golf story to share with you a little bit later as well. Tiger Woods at the Masters. He's going to play in the Masters. Says he should be fine to do so. He has a chance to set a record. And I know like Tiger's been out of golf, right? Doesn't You don't see him as much. He's withdrawn from a lot of events. He's had a number of different illnesses and injuries. If he were to make the cut at Augusta, he would have the record for most consecutive cuts made. Longest streak of Masters cuts made. He still has a chance at that. He's only played the Masters when he... Feels like he's good enough to contend, and he's made the cut. So he's tied for the longest streak in tournament history. One more cut made, and Tiger is the record holder for consecutive Masters Cuts made. That is your stat of the day. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty to join us. Get some calls in here, then get some Better to Forget It. Josh has put together Better to Forget It. Uh, Jimmy in Miami, though, as we connect with our fans. Hey, Jimmy, good morning.
4: Hey, good morning, Jeremy. Hey, you were talking about how being his overloaded on defensive end and Invested in the defensive end position over the years. In the the year that I think back is 2021, and we, I know you guys have talked about this, but we drafted Rousseau in the first round and Boogie Basham in the second round. And of course, Basham got traded away for a 6 round pick a year ago to the Giants. But in 2021, we had a really good receiving core and. Matt Perino was on last week talking about succession. And when you have receivers that we had older receivers, Beasley and John Brown. Of course, we had Gabe Davis and Diggs. But the time to talk about succession is when you have older receivers. In 2021, now it's always easy to look back. But instead of bashing, drafting bashing, Nico Collins went in the third round. Amar around St. Brown went in the fourth round. I mean, we wouldn't be talking about the wide receiver train right now if we had one of those guys on the team with Diggs. It would, it would have made a huge difference. Instead of drafting Basham and then getting rid of him a year later for a six-round pick, I don't know. I know it's easy to look back. They did draft Marquise Stevenson. But yeah. I think he's Marquez good.
5: Stevenson, right? Like, yeah. yeah, He was a sixth round pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thanks, Jimmy. Like, that's the other thing is, it can work. I mean, Diggs is a fifth, right? So no one's here to say it can't work. But every time you mention the success stories of Puka Nakua or whoever, make sure you don't forget to mention all of the misses, and that's not even really a miss. If you draft a receiver in the sixth round and he never plays for you, I don't think that's a miss. I think that's how it goes. That's how it's supposed to be. You draft him in the first round and he never plays for you, well, that's bad. That's a miss. But, I mean, if we go through the Bills' draft history and their late receiver picks, I, I could get you names here. You're going to forgot that you forgot. You won't even remember. Who's uh was Austin Prohl a draft pick, or was he an undrafted free? He was. Ray-Ray McLeod, Austin Prol, Isaiah Hodgins, Marquez Stevenson. There's Shakir in the fifth, and Davis is in the fourth. But don't forget these guys, too. How about this? Colby Listenby. You forgot that you forgot that guy. Colby Listenby in the sixth round. Desmond Lewis. I think he was a catch radius guy. There's Sammy Watkins. Hi, Sammy. Robert Woods in the second, Marquise Goodwin in the third. Bang. Not That's not bad. 2-3. Both made the team. Both good careers. Both good players. Woods and Goodwin. They did it in the year where they took E.J. Manuel, by the way. T.J. Graham, third round. Marcus Easley. Unique story for him, for sure. James Hardy, second round. Stevie Johnson, seventh round. There's a success story deep, right? Jonathan Smith. That's Fast Freddie Smith. I'm back to 2004. Sam Aiken. Josh Reed. Rodney Wright. Reggie Germany. I mean, some of the, Drew Haddad. There you go. UB star. Drew Haddad.
6: Reggie Germany?
5: Reggie Germany, yeah.
6: That's an all-time name, right
5: Reggie. Ohio State wide receiver, Reggie Germany. So, you know, you've got your, your hits in the fourth and fifth, but... Man, I did not come in today expecting to say the name Colby Listonby, but it happened. That's your sixth-round guy. Like I don't, You draft a guy. Justin Shorter is, is this. I don't ever expect to see Justin Shorter making a difference for the Bills. If he does, great. I, I said the same thing about Shakir. Like I don't have great expectations for Shakir. He has exceeded those low expectations that I have. He looks fantastic. So that's a hit. All right, you can, how many times can you count on a hit in like the fifth and sixth and seventh round? Maybe one out of every ten picks at that position. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Yeah, I mean, twenty twenty one, any one of these years, you, you know, you could mention, you, you could say, I'm on St. Brown in the fourth or Nico Collins in the third. Tank Dell went in the third last year. There are going to be your hits, and that's a part of this too. If they had been mixing these picks in instead of the bashing pick, as they're just piling on defensive ends you know just mix in somebody else that can supplant Gabe Davis've they've, they've all been kind of uh, that 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 spot over there with Davis has been held by him and this is a, this is good and bad no one's been able to get in the lineup instead of him over there unless he's hurt and now they will have to likely go another direction and they might get worse it's no guarantee they get better but at least they can pursue the idea of better Johnny in Buffalo. Hey Johnny, good morning.
7: Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, you know, fully aboard wide receiver train. Um, really like uh Thomas and uh Troy Franklin. Um for rookies, you know, I I wouldn't hate a move for a guy like you know, depending on the draft pick you could get or have to give up for him. And if the Broncos are willing, uh Jerry Jude you could definitely use a change of scenery. Um I think he's just an intriguing guy, guys an excellent route runner reminds me of a, a digs, but five years younger uh, from a route running uh, standpoint. Yep. But, um, you know, I, I'm still calling about McDermott here. Um, you know, not that I think he's done a great job, obviously, putting together this team, the culture, everything. Uh, but there's that stat out there that, you know, no head coach has been with a team for seven plus years without winning. A, if they don't win it in the first seven years, they don't win a Super Bowl. And, you know, that scares me a little bit. And I look at a team like Kansas City. They've got Spagnola, who comes up with these amazing defensive game plans come the playoffs. And we've got a head coach who's supposed to be this defensive mastermind or defensive head coach, I should say. And when we get to the playoffs, what seems to let us down every time? Our defense. Most, I mean, you look at most NFL games and, There's a lot of parity in the league. They come down to one or two possessions. And there were several times this year where Josh Allen walked up the field with two minutes to go in the game with the lead and your defensive head coach and doesn't get a stop and your defense doesn't get that stop. And granted, I understand come playoff time. There was injuries and we had AJ Klein at linebacker. I get that, but it just seems to rear its ugly head every year in the playoffs. I I understand that everybody has trouble getting past the Chiefs, but I look at it and I say, if we didn't have McDermott, but we have Josh Allen and we have a decent roster with Josh Allen, how much worse could it really get? And with an offensive head coach, I feel like, okay, our offense gets better. Maybe our defense takes a step back, but we're putting on more points. You know, give Ben Johnson... Whatever dollar amount he would ever want in the world, because that guy, what he did with Jared Goff, imagine him with Josh Allen and say, hey, you got that, whatever you want to draft with that first round pick, whatever receiver you think would help best in your system, go for it. No. Because I want to see Josh and his offense, while we have him in his prime, just thrive. And it's not going to, and it never will when we're drafting, you know, I saw that. Tweet you put out there about drafting running backs in the first three rounds. Yeah. You know, we had what four of them.
5: They've, they've drafted three running backs in the first three rounds, and no receivers in the first three rounds in the last five years. Now one of those picks was traded for Diggs, but that's there's still you know you're losing that potential value to to have used three draft picks in the first three rounds on running backs. If they just undid
7: those, like
5: you, you could have, there are better ideas.
7: So yeah, and do you, do you think that's do you think that's a product of you know McDermott being more of that. It's conservative head coach wanted to run the ball and, and establish some, some run and and keep his defense off the field It's
5: a great question Johnny Th- thanks Maybe I'm missing it or maybe I'm too hard on their offensive philosophy but it and maybe I'm giving too much credit to what Ken Dorsey says like sometimes you know if we take what people say and they're just trying to say nothing and I'm trying to make it into something, then I get conclusions that I shouldn't, but I mention it a lot. They went from an amazing offense to an offense that talked about how important it was to get yak yards, and they didn't get really any more yak yards the next year, despite it being a goal of theirs. And when they drafted Kincaid, here's Ken Dorsey talking about how important 12 personnel is, and he's already gone, you know? Did McDermott want 12? A lot of teams do use it, and that's fine, but it just never... It's it's not ever been what Josh Allen has been great at. He's been great at throwing to receivers and you know slot receivers like Shakir. And his with twelve personnel in their current formation and their current roster setup. And I think going forward, if you're in twelve, Shakir is off the field. And Shakir was super important to them down the stretch. If they don't have Shakir, I don't know if they do they make the playoffs without him. He was really important. Davis got hurt. Shakir had big games to come through, big moments. A game, big touchdown in the playoffs. Big touchdown against the, the Cowboys. Like the 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 plan to draft Dalton Kincaid got Shakir off the field. If they knew about Shakir being as good as he looked this year, if they knew about that a year ago before the draft, would they take a tight end that gets Shakir off the field? I don't. I don't really know. I mean, of course, like Kincaid can stay past this, and now I've got Dawson Knox, who's a high paid tight end that doesn't play nearly the snaps that he used to. So it's almost like this offense is constantly in this. The zone of trying to define what they are and what they want to be, and you know, as you make the point about an offensive coach versus a defensive coach, if you're going to keep changing coordinators, that okay, you can you can go up and you can go down. You can get a bright new coordinator who's amazing, but if you're constantly changing coordinators, aren't you constantly changing your offensive philosophy? And this team, since Brian Dable left, they've had a good offense. They've they're good under Ken Dorsey. They were pretty good under Joe Brady. Pretty good. But since Brian Dable left, it has been a little bit of a, I mean, rudderless ship is too too, too dramatic, but it seems like there's been a little bit of uh, indecision in how the offense should be built or how it should identify. With Brian Dable, it felt like they never had that. The, when Brian Dable was here as their offensive coordinator, what was the constant conversation? Should they run it more? And his answer was a consistent no. He knew what he was. He knew what he wanted to be. He knew what his offense should be with Josh Allen. He left and then it's been all right, well, pass catching running back is immediately wildly important to them. It wasn't really before. Boom, it's super important. Now it's 12 personnel. Now it's th- so I I am hoping that Joe Brady can maybe and again, maybe I'm wrong on all that, but but, but Brady'll make me feel a little bit better. Like he's got a he's got his lane. Okay, I'm going to now it's my offense. I got this lane. I'm going to find it. And we're going to we're going to go with this. And then the sad reality is, if he's good at that, he's got to go, and someone else has to come in. So like the offensive identity is constantly just churning through ideas, and the defense is the same. So that, that that's, if you want to say offensive coach versus defensive coach, I don't think there's any disputing that reality exists for you. We know what their defense is going to want to be, right? They're going to want to play nickel as their base package. They're, they're going to want to play from the back. Be really strong in the secondary. Veterans back there that can do the kind of things McDermott wants. He's got his system. Some guys know how to play it. Some guys don't. Defensive line. What are they going to do? Penetrating pass rush, not the hefty run stopper. They want to. They want to shoot gaps. They want to be aggressive and they want to rotate players in. Like they don't. Their defense. We we know it. We know everything about it. We'll see it again. They'll draft and you know fire up the same McDermott defense they normally do, which is generally really good. So that's to his credit. But yeah, on the on the. On the stuff about, you know, what to do offensively, and your your points about offensive versus defensive head coach, I do think that we see some of the symptoms of that, some of some of the outcomes you get with that. Even while they win, you know, thirteen games or eleven games, I fully expect them to win twelve games next year. And you know, if we're having this conversation, it's while they're winning twelve and winning the division. Jerry and Kenmore, hey Jerry.
0: Um, you know, I don't know if I can do like eight or ten more weeks of this. I just. Uh... I, I on social media I see these fans that take a mock, make a mock do a mock draft and we are taking quarterbacks and running backs and one fourth round do they realize there are two legitimate receivers on this roster two two you, you know how many you need there's two this this belief in, in shorter this this belief that we're going to sign some type of free agent to I I can't believe it's it's even reasonable, some of these. I can't do it. I can't even look at them anymore. <laughs> if we're not taking two wide receivers, maybe three in our ten picks, we're not doing this right. It is it is the need position on the team. It is.
5: Yeah.
0: On a... and, and it's shocking to me that fans do not see it that way at all. What are we drafting a quarterback for? For ten years from now when Allen's done?
5: Yeah, I mean, like a depth quarterback. The quarterback decision will be – be interesting because depends how expensive it is in free agency if they want to sign a guy that they hope never plays that's kyle allen that's you know less than two million if they want to sign somebody that could get them through it if allen got hurt well that might be like four or five to seven million who knows um back to the jerry judy point to the caller that mentioned jerry judy he's an interesting one because judy there were trade rumors around him and if denver's going to rebuild. He's young, he's twenty five. He has not really lived up to what he was supposed to be. Not yet. Not that he's played with a great quarterback. So he's due thirteen million dollars this year. If the Bills called Denver and said, How about a fourth rounder for Judy? And then they signed him to an extension and redid it so his cap number fit. Like you could do that. You would get a an NFL receiver who is Again, like maybe maybe you can get him for cheap. And get him on a cheap deal and he blows up here. He's he's not he's not done what he was supposed to do. Yeah, that's a first round receiver. That that draft class is Judy, Lamb, and Jefferson, right? And you know, the other two guys in that first round obviously have been incredible. Was Ayuk? Ayuk was also in that first round. Is it wait am I mixing my drafts? Hold on, let me pull this up which draft this was. Judy's twenty four. He's drafted in the twenty seventeen NFL draft. So that's the year. That's before Jefferson. Okay, um, that was the year that Judy was supposed to be. Boy, Corey Davis. Mike, do I have the right draft here? I don't have the right draft here. I'm. It's 2018. Sorry to do this on the fly, but we're gonna get the we're we're gonna get to the bottom of this together. <laughs> that's, that's my plan. Uh okay. Now, wow, look at this. The 2018 draft had no receivers go until DJ Moore went 24th. Calvin Ridley, 26th, Cortland Sutton in the second round. That's not a bad draft, even though there was, like, no receivers, right? This is a a draft with no good receivers, and the first three are pretty good. Sorry, I'm on to 2019 looking for CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, and uh, I'm on Marquise Brown in 2019. Okay, probably now we're going to go to 2020. That's where we are. It's the 2020 draft. Yeah, finally. I got there. I'm old. I don't know what year it is anymore. Ruggs goes 12th. Judy goes 15th. Lamb goes 17th. Jefferson goes 22. Jalen Rager, 21. Ayuk, 25. And then the second round, holy cow. Higgins, Pittman. What a draft. Anyway, what does all that add up to? Judy's an idea. If he does get traded, you're buying low, and I don't know about extending him. Does he want to go on a prove-it deal with for one year? Like The Bills aren't in a position to pay him the cap number he would be getting for a prove-it deal. But there are... There are merits to it for for him. To the point about Ben Johnson, whatever he wants. I was listening to. And the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. I think that was the one. Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs. We're going to talk to Kyle Krabs coming up on Friday, and they're picking landing spots. Who would be a good, which receivers land in good spots, and who might go where? And one of the suggestions was Mike Evans to Detroit. Throw him in that offense with Jamison Williams and Amonor St. Brown and Sam Laporta, and the final piece would be Mike Evans instead of Josh Reynolds. Like Mike Evans being your ex, like, but, man, go to Detroit. Eight oh three oh five fifty. bet it or forget it, and uh, a little golf story to tell you, a life lesson when we return here on WGR.
2: Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com/slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast.
5: It's time for Better to Forget it. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of WGR. Better to Forget It put to you, put together for you today by Josh Schmidt. Hey Josh. Hello. I'm ready to bet or forget things.
6: I'm hoping that you don't forget most of them because I, I I took some time on these. All right. Hopefully, hopefully you like them.
5: Bet it or forget it.
6: Better forget it.
5: T. Higgins will be a Kansas City Chief. Forget it. He's well. I mean, eventually or this year. This year they're going to franchise him. He's going to stay. They're going to take. So? They're going to take a run at the title. They're fine. Higgins not going anywhere. Cincinnati. Hmm. All right.
6: Better forget it. Justin Fields goes to Pittsburgh.
5: Ah, yeah, right. Is Pittsburgh just posturing that they want to keep either Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph? I think Fields to Atlanta has a lot of sexy energy to it, but now there's a good indication that maybe Kirk Cousins could go to Atlanta, which I also like that, as uh, some of you listen regularly know, and maybe some of you are in this camp with me. I am invested in the Falcons in fantasy football to an uncomfortable level. And have you ever
6: considered changing your fantasy team name to the Falcons? Just no, the
5: Falcons? I have other players, but I have I've got lots of London and Bijan and Pitts, and uh, you know, maybe they could have a, a passing game someday. Their their new passing game coordinator, Zach Robinson, former Rams OC or quarterbacks coach. I saw an interview with him where he said if God designed a person to throw a football. If God came down and said this is the perfect thrower of a football, it would be Matthew Stafford. He worked with Matthew Stafford for a long time. And Stafford's, you know, not like the best quarterback of all time, just in terms of if, if you want to see how it's perfectly done, it's Matthew Stafford. It's not the first player that
6: comes to mind. No. Like, he he's up there, but like, maybe not top five even. I don't know. That's It's a bit aggressive, I think. Alright, better to forget it. The Dodgers and Padres open up the MLB to open up the MLB season tomorrow, in preseason at least. Shohei Otani hits a home run in his first game for the Dodgers. Sure. I don't know if he's scheduled to play tomorrow. There's, like, hope that he does. He's not going to pitch this year, but he can hit. So,
5: yeah, sure, why not? If he's, he's not pitching
6: this year? No, he's not because of his uh, Tommy John surgery. Yeah,
5: so he's got more time to focus on hitting. And he hit a lot. He hit home he, runs. So you can hit I home think. runs with Tommy John, needing Tommy John or having I, to I guess so. Uh,
6: that, that's the thing that confuses me. Right. Like I mean, I guess it's a different motion, but he hit a sure. home run in his first, uh, I think first at bat, at live batting practice. So he's ready to go.
5: All right. I saw one at Major League Baseball story that the game between the Guardians and they play somebody. The day of the eclipse, basically. The day of the eclipse, the Guardians were supposed to play at four ten, but they've moved it because the eclipse is gonna go like right over Cleveland, it's just like it's gonna go right over Buffalo. We're also gonna get three minutes and thirty seconds of the event. That's how long it lasts. It's pretty
6: interesting. Yeah. I- I'm excited for it. It's gonna be pretty cool.
5: Let's hope it's not cloudy. Yeah,
6: yeah. That'll that'll be what happens. Big downer. You know, it's it's like, springtime in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Big day like today'd be perfect. All right, last one for you. So all this college football stuff going on, they change the the playoffs, and they have the top five conference champions will make the playoffs. Yep. But the Pac-12 is pretty much gone, so there's not really five conferences anymore. So better to forget it. The Pac-12 makes a reappearance, and somehow they rebuild the Pac-12 because of this new playoff expansion. Okay. Because right now the Pac twelve is just Washington State. It was going
5: to be six and six, but without the Pac twelve, it's five and seven. Yes. So you think you are asking, will the Pac twelve come back to make it go back to six and six?
6: Yes. Sorry, I, I worded that poorly. Yeah. you are right. Yeah. No. You don't think they'll try to rebuild it or no make a, a reappearance of the whack?
5: <laughs> no, I think it's more likely we eventually get to two conferences than adding another one in because to get these teams to leave for another one like once these conferences go away i don't think they ever come back and if they do it's it's on a much smaller scale like the big east in basketball was dissolved and you know so yeah i don't think it comes back all right better to forget it the big east who's in the big east now looking at it i'm just former syracuse you know of course i love the big east a lot of the teams are still there i mean All-time Big East teams, UConn, Seton Hall, Providence, Villanova, St. John's, Georgetown. Just saying these names, I just... Have you seen... You should watch, is there a 30 for 30, what is it, on the Big East? I don't know how much of a college basketball fan you should watch, but...
6: I was big into it in high school. I I, I was a big Michigan State guy, and then, I don't know, I just kind of got away from... I I get into it every March for March Madness, but I don't know, it's, it's... Hot and cold for me. Two, uh,
5: 2014, Requiem for the Big East. A 30 for 30 Requiem for the Big East. It's just amazing. It's so awesome. Anyway. All right, so I have a golf story for you. I was watching yesterday highlights of TPC Sawgrass from I don't even know what year. You'll remember the call, though. So Sawgrass is the Island Green number 17. I played Sawgrass with my father-in-law couple of years ago, and I hit it in the water. Shocker. <laughs> I was not playing very good golf at that time in my life. I need to go back so I can play it better. But Sawgrass, of course, you can you can go play. And I was out last night for golf league. That's right, league night. And there's golf on the television, and it's Tiger standing on the, the edge, like right by the water, and he's putting from the fringe. His tee shot would have gone right to the edge. He's putting from the fringe. And the famous call... As he makes this windy putt and drops it in, goes like this.
0: I have seen a number of players putt from the back part of the screen, and the results have not been good. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better
6: than most!
5: It's an insane putt that he makes. A snaking putt drops in. He's playing with Mickelson in this highlight. So it's peak Tiger and not quite peak Mickelson. I mean, he's, of course, always around peak Tiger. The two of them are playing. Here's Tiger, drains a putt from the fringe from 80 feet. A bender, a double bender drops in. And then here's Mickelson. Imagine playing with Tiger in Tiger's prime. He makes a putt, the roars you get. And Mickelson stands over his putt and blows it six feet by. For, he's much closer. Blows it six feet by, three putts. Do you know what year that was? Uh, it would have been... Well, I, I've got it. I was just going to say, can you guess? Um, I don't... Let me see. Let me see. It could be anywhere in Tiger's dominance. He had such a long stretch of dominance. Jerry Kelly was leading at the time of the tournament. VJ Singh is there. Uh, it's probably 98... Two thousand and one. Two thousand one. Okay. The two thousand one players championship then. So here's this is what I'm getting at. This is what's what's funny to me. We're watching the, the, the golf and Tiger hits that long putt and you're like, man, this guy, he was one of the best ever. He is the best ever. What am I saying one of? He's the best golfer ever. Most entertaining. The wow highlights, everything's there. He and that's one of his iconic p- moments. He makes that putt. Then we go to eighteen. What happens on eighteen? He puts a drive in the rough, he puts his approach off the green, and he bogeys 18. And I think to myself, I'm reminded immediately of last year, the PGA Championship, when they had it at Oak Hill, and Michael Block hits the the, the par 3 15th hole on the hole-in-one like bang, jars it, hole-in-one, incredible moment. Michael Block is launched into stardom because he makes this this birdie. I'm sorry, this hole-in-one, not a birdie. He aces the 15th. Iconic moment. Oh, my God, what a moment. What did he do on 16? Bogey. And it's important to me as someone that plays a good amount of golf to remember. You know how mad I get at myself sometimes when I bogey a hole? I'll be like, oh, man, I got bogey. Here's Tiger Woods. Immediately after one of the best shots of his life, bogeys the next hole. Tiger Woods bogeys the next one. I'm over here being like, man, bogey stinks. Please. We, we golfers have to be easier on ourselves.
6: I think that's one of the things that like really brought me into golf was the fact that while my score will look drastically different from any professional, hole to hole, I could have the same exact hole as... Any professional golfer it's, out there, whereas if i 'm playing hockey, I can't say oh i 'm going to have the same night as Tage Thompson right, like it's, it's drastically different it's
5: so true and it's so valuable for golf, so that the two thousand one master or sorry two thousand and one players' championship when Tiger does that, the better than most putt, and then bogey's eighteen, they show his whole scorecard, and what did I do? I look to see if I beat him at any hole, and sure enough it's so stupid, I know i 'm not playing from the tips not pga I i don't care. I see. They throw up that whole scorecard, and what did I say to my buddy? I go, mm, bogey on one, tough one, Tiger. I parred that one. <laughs> what else are you going to do? The whole point of playing these these courses, and I would encourage anybody, you know, go go on the golf trip, go play the incredible course that you're going to see on TV, because you know if you if you can if you can do it, Harding Park, played Harding Park where they played the PGA in 2020, played that 16th hole, stood on the tee box where Morikawa bent a driver shot around to like eight feet. And whatever, Josh, you're so right. That is such a valuable thing about golf. Is you can imagine the moment that you know you're playing the same course. You're I've I've stood in that tee box. I've stood on that green. I've chipped on from them. It's it's super valuable. All right. Anyway, that's better to forget it. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Extendo Sports coming up. Josh going to be with Zach Jones for the uh, Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. I know Sal is on in the afternoon uh, with Bulldog. So. We've got you covered here. Eight oh three oh five fifty. if you want to jump on, on a sunny, clear for now, Wednesday morning. Beautiful day outside here on WGR Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.
1: Breaking sports news airs first here. Guaranteed. WGR Sports Radio 550. 2020 Sports.
5: So one thing I'm watching on the uh, the NFL waiver wire, transaction wire, is safety. And just saw a bit ago that there's a Lions safety, Tracy Walker, was released. The Ravens safety, Geno Stone, 24 years old, seventh round pick. He's a free agent, and there's a comment from him. He hopes to go back to Baltimore, just wants to go somewhere he's appreciated. I think safety will be super interesting. You know, there's no safety train in the draft. There's a safety but, sidecar. There's no safety sidecar. Now safety is just safety, and that's probably because the Bills have had such consistency at at safety for six years. Like those two, Hyde and Poyer, playing together for so long. You know, maybe the Bills and maybe McDermott and their personnel department know exactly what the doctor ordered for their replacement. You know, maybe they got a little lucky in what Hyde and Poyer became. I mean, Hyde was a player. Poyer, the Bills kind of identified as someone that could do the job and was great at it. I mean, first team all pro. So I'm I'm constantly just keeping an eye on every safety transaction. Is there another guy that in some other system looked pretty good? Here's New England releases Adrian Phillips. Again, I'm not I don't have the scouting reports on all these guys. I'm just saying When it comes to all the positions that we watch, I mean, here's Adrian Phillips, a nine-year player and and 31 years old. I'm always looking at, okay, a name at safety. What's the Bills' plan here? A draft pick? Could be. Or do they run it the same way they just did, which is we can identify a couple guys that in this system are going to be perfect because they did that in 2017, and boy, did they ever hit. Like, of all the moves the Bills have made, What's better as a as a collective in terms of results and what they did? I mean, Allen's number one, Diggs is number two, our Hayden Poyer number three, or could you even put them higher? Because from day one it worked and it it almost never really drifted. So I'm always looking at safety. Show me all the safeties that are gonna re- get released. The free agent market values on safety. Geno Stone. The market value at Spot Trek is seven point two million. You know, that's that's some that's that's can the Bills afford one $7 million contract? Kind of can't even begin to approach what they can afford until we start getting into restructure season, which could happen really at any time. Then the announcement, oh, they're going to be you know, restructuring Josh and saving $20 million and on and on and on. 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550 to join us. Uh, well, actually, this show's over, but you can join Zach and Josh. We're coming up next on the uh, Northtown Automotive Extra point show. Jeremy and Joe, we're back tomorrow. We'll recap a Sabres game. Kyle Krabs comes up on Friday to talk free agent wide receiver ideas as we uh, get closer and co- closer to next week's combine legal tampering period, and off we go into the, the new league year. Enjoy the beautiful day. Back tomorrow here on WGR.
7: How powerful is Cox Internet?